0: I'm acting like I run this place and I don't. But it's time, so I'm going to get started. Hallelujah. Now, now, don't sit way back there in the back. Oh, who turned on the outside corner lights? Who turned on those lights on that side? Oh, be, well, I'm, real, I'm real cozy and comfortable. And uh, I guess we let people sit where they want to. All right. It's, we got 30 seconds. I don't want to be called legalistic, all right? Now, if you, if you don't know, I'm not the pastor here. Everybody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I used to be. And then y'all graduated to something better. You got the hollers. huh? Better than the river? Better than the river. No, not the river. You got the river. You just graduated better. You graduated to the hollers. Hallelujah. You're down in the holler. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to gather together in this place this evening. I thank you for your word, your logos, that is, uh, your wisdom and your logic that's contained on paper and ink that we can read in Holy Spirit. You're the great teacher. We simply ask that you do what you do best, open the eyes of our understanding. Uh, may we begin to have the, may you bring to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And may, may we grow in knowledge, the right knowledge, the right knowledge of you and Jesus through the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me point that scripture out to you real quick. Put Second uh, put Peter chapter 1, verse 3 on the screen real quickly. This has nothing to do necessarily... Yes, it does. I'll make it, I'll make it have something to do with tonight. Uh, you know, this, in our world that we live in today, uh, with the internet and everything, everybody's seeking knowledge. They're seeking, knowledge is so easy. Our information right. is so easy to come up with. And you know, there's lots of, there's lots of uh, knowledge or information that the Bible, that the church has given us about God a, about Jesus Christ and uh, we need to understand what knowledge about God and Jesus Christ we really need to be focused on because uh, for this reason let me just read this up here uh, as his divine power has given to us uh, let me go 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 to number two verse two yeah, well <laughs> Was it okay that we started? I didn't say Grace and peace be multiplied to you. So what's the focus here? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And this is the way I like to put it is if you're not, if grace and peace is not being multiplied in your understanding of what the Bible has to communicate, you're taking in the wrong knowledge. See, there's some knowledge in the Bible that can put fear in you. There's some knowledge in the Bible that will, that will put you under the law. There's some knowledge in the Bible that make you feel like you gotta be a Jew. Amen. Okay? But this is saying grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge, and I like to put it this way, through the right knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. See what's the knowledge of God that's going to bring grace and peace in your life? Well the fact that God's now your Father. See you can read a whole lot of the Bible and just know God is God. But Jesus came he, didn't, he, he came, he didn't come to introduce the Jews to God. They knew God, and what was the result of that knowledge? <laughs> they were afraid, and they always have been, of God. So there was a new knowledge that came to open their eyes to something, or to an aspect of God that was not known to them, and that was the Father's side of God. And that's why it's important for you when, you when you're looking and gaining in knowledge, make sure it's the knowledge that's multiplying grace and peace in your life. Amen. That's why this church is so important. You know how many churches don't, you're so blessed to have, have, have a church that is teaching such a easy to understand gospel of grace and peace. Yes, amen. Amen. I just talked to a friend of mine in Minnesota. He just came back from his first ministry, first and last ministry opportunity uh, to a recovery center for men for alcoholism and they kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> and he called me, he was this, oh, I've never been kicked out before. I said, rejoice. Because yeah. they kicked him out for speaking the truth. Yeah. They literally, he, he couldn't stand it no more because they, they were doing the teaching and they were te- this is what they were teaching in the recovery center. That your sin is always with you. And you'll always be a sinner. <laughs> he couldn't take it no more. He stood up and began to speak the truth. And they just said, you just don't have to come back no more. Wow. And so I had to give him some consultation. All right. So anyway, it's real important that when you begin to understand, uh, as you gain knowledge, uh, as you hear people on TV, you hear people on the radio, uh, uh, when you look back in your past at the, uh, myriad of informations that you have. Uh, take the stuff that if it doesn't bring peace and grace in your life, set it aside. Just set it aside. Amen. Scripture says, peace and, grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Next verse, watch this. As His divine power has given. See, there's information still telling you what to do to get it. But the Bible says it's been given. See, that's what we got down here. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a, se- in a minute, but the Old Covenant talks about the provision of God. The New Covenant talks about the promises of God. All right? It says, As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Next verse, and this is where we're going. We're going to tie it in tonight. By which have been given... Uh, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Have they, are they given to you if you do everything right? No, they've been given to you. Why? That you through these may, through the promises may be partakers of God, of His divine nature. The more of the promises you live in, and experience in reality in your life. See, there's people that, uh, there's people that all they're doing is preaching God provides. Oh, he, he provided promises. See, there's provision land living and there's promised land living. Right. One is Old Covenant and one's New Covenant. And look what it says here. Now, now, here's the part, it says, that through these you may be takers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through what? Lust. See, there's a corruption in the world that came through lust. And how you escape that is by experiencing the promises of God. You don't escape it first and then experience the promises of God. You you don't step out, well, I'm I'm victorious over the lust of the world, and so now I can experience the promises. No! That's works. The way it is, you experience see, A lot of people teach you got to, be just, got to do everything right before the promises of God work. That you don't qualify for the promises of God unless, unless you do everything right. Listen, Jesus did everything right. He qualified you for the promises of God through Him. Amen. And it's that understanding that frees you from the corruption that isn't, you want to be free from the, the things of this world? Start experiencing the things of God. You know the scripture says that that I must decrease so he might increase. You ever heard that scripture? No, you haven't. I got gotcha. you. You know how I am. You are scared to respond. There's no scripture says that you you got to increase. So he uh, you got to decrease so he can increase. You know what it says? It says he must increase so I can decrease. See, but we think it says that I've got a decrease. That the less of me, the more of him. No, the more of him, the less of you. Yeah. We get it backwards. The more you experience what he's done, the less you'll experience of what you did. You didn't get that one. That should have made you jump and shout. That should have made you happy. Cause you can be so sin focused, you never think about him. You can be thinking about you all your little life and never think about him and what he did for you. Or you can live life thinking about him and forgetting about you. That's the new covenant. The old covenant gets you to think about you, the old covenant gets you to do things for him. The new covenant gets you to do things from him. Quit doing things for God. You're not a servant, you're a son, you're a daughter. Do things from Him. The world doesn't need you to do things for God. (laughs) The world needs you to do things from Him, from your Father. That's what Jesus did. Man, I don't know how I got started on this. Who asked that question? Anyway, so we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. We're talking about heart physics. And we're, I've got a bunch of stuff on the board. We're going to go really fast. We don't have much time. They told me I could have two hours tonight. And, <laughs> and, the, and the kids, a spring break. There's no problem that the parents would love to stay up in the morning with the kids. So we're going to do it. Now, we talked about this. We put Hebrews 12, 23 on the board. If you can see that, that might give you a little clue where we're going next in the back. Hebrews 12, 23 says this. And until it gets up there, let me tell you, we talked about spirit, soul, and body last week. You're made up of three parts. It's called a trichotomy, spirit, soul, and body. And the most important part of the understanding of how God made you, and we're not going to go back into all that discussion about the dirt and the five colors of the dirt, five color, or the five colors of man. but. Uh, what we do need to understand that God breathed into the dirt and man became a living nephes, a living soul, a living being. And and Adam lost the spirit. He was created perfect, and he lost the spirit. And when the scripture says that we're born again, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. All right? Uh, and so that's what these two scriptures we're going to talk about those real quickly, but Hebrews 12 23 says this To the general assembly of the church of the firstborn uh, Who are registered in heaven? to God the judge of all to the spirits of Just men made perfect This scripture is telling you that you're spirit man one-third of you is perfect Everybody say perfect. perfect. You don't need to feed your spirit. You ever heard that teaching? You don't need to feed your spirit. Bible never anywhere tells you to feed your spirit. The Bible tells you you have the mind of Christ. Where's the mind of Christ? In the realm of your spirit. Because it's no longer you that liveth in your spirit, but Christ that lives in you. That's how God sees you in the spirit. Perfect complete, holy. The Bible says that your spirit is perfect, but it yet, you see, the same person that said that the spirits are perfect said uh, Philippians 3.12. Put Philippians 3.12 on the board. The Apostle Paul is saying this, Philippians 3.12. Not that I have already obtained are am already? Uh oh, perfected. Here he say he's not perfected, but in Hebrews he say he was perfected. He said his spirit was perfected, his spirit man was perfected, and he 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 hasn't already obtained full perfection in his spirit, soul, and body. Remember, we read the scripture last week about God desires that we be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. In Second Corinthians it says that uh, that God has delivered us, will deliver us, and still will deliver us. It's a perfect tense word. You're saved, you're being saved, but you've yet to really experience the full aspect of salvation. And so that's what we're talking about here. It says, not that I've already obtained, or I'm already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold, this is so important, of that. For which Christ Jesus has also laid hold, say of. I used to think it said for me. And it's good preaching to to tell people, and I still tell people that, that the Apostle Paul was trying to get a hold of everything that God did for him through Jesus Christ. See, that's a passion right there. To take hold of everything, that. but that's not what it says. It says of... See, he's already taking hold of something, of Paul. What was it? His spirit man. See, he'd already taken hold of a spirit man, and now he's going on to perfection. He's getting his thoughts, his feelings, his emotion, and his will in line. See, once you begin to think, like when you begin to see yourself as God sees you, you'll start... Acting different. See, your soul is made up of your thoughts, feelings, emotion, which makes up of your will. You ever tried to stop something in the flesh? I'm diabetic. All right? I take insulin, pills. They have me stand on my head periodically, try to reduce some things, you know. And bluebell is really bad for me. But guess what I still eat? You know why? I like it. I'm just getting down some nitty-gritty here. And it's going to kill me. But I like it. See, sin is pleasurable for what? A season. Why do you sin? Oh, I hate it. No, you don't. Quit lying to yourself. You're lying to your neighbor. You're lying to the people in the church. The reason you sin is because you like it. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I can't get that real. I've got to hush up and keep <laughs> on going. See, see, until you change your thinking about something, until you change the way you think about something, you'll never be able to stop doing that something. That's, right. That's why the word repent is so important. Jesus told the Jews to repent. First message out of the block. Oh, can I say it that way? Out of the gate? Out of <laughs> told the Jews, most, I'm going to say this, most sin conscious people in the planet, told them to repent. Didn't tell them to repent of their sin. Jesus didn't tell them to repent of their sin. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word repent means change the way you think. Hebrews 6, 1, we talked about this last week, I do believe. What is the elementary fundamental principles of truth that Jesus taught? It's not the same the church teaches. The church teaches that the fundamental principles of the church is to repent from sin, right? Repent from sin! Are we supposed to repent from sin? Yes! Quit it! Stop it. But you like it. That's why we need to change the way you think. Because until you change the way you think, you want to really stop what you're doing. It's causing damage to yourself. The fundamental teaching of Jesus Christ in Hebrews 6.1 says the that Jesus' fundamental teaching is repentance from dead works. Amen. What's dead works? You doing something, thinking it puts you in a better status with God than what Jesus puts you. When you think what you're doing makes you better than the next guy. Let me flip this around. When you think what you're not doing makes you less valuable. When your identity is less than what God sees you. When you think you're not as good as the other people in church. That's dead works. You've got to change the way you think. Man. That's, so, that's why heart's physics is so important. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Go where? On to perfection. This is a journey. Say journey. Yeah. Say trip. Yeah. It's not over the moment you get in the car. That's just beginning. But you're beginning with a new slate in the spirit. What we're talking about tonight is spiritual, truth, realities. There are things that have happened in the spirit that you can't see through the natural eyes. The body is moved by the TTSSH. Everybody knows what that is, right? If you were here, when if if the thoughts, feelings, excuse me, touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing, your five senses. Let's say it this way. Jesus said, blessed is the man who believes without... Seeing, using his senses. Doubting Thomas, and I hate to call him Doubting Thomas because all the disciples were doubting. All of them were. They're all doubting, disbelieving. They all had to see. He just wanted to touch, including seeing. That's a whole message in itself. We can't get into tonight. So you're so used, our body and our lifetime, the world trains us to make judgments And take in information based on our touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. Does everybody understand that? Most people make the judgment in church. They go to church, our God wasn't there. And why do they make that judgment? Or they walk away going, man, God was there today. Woo! Why do they make that judgment? Because usually the way people are responding in church. They're seeing it. They're experiencing in the flesh. But how many people know God's always there? No stronger, no weaker. His love is the same, agape. Every time and every service to every people. The difference is the the sensitivity of the people at the moment to the presence of God. So you can have revival... It just depends on the sensitivity do you think God shows up no God I like to say it this way if God could go on vacation <laughs> now we know he can't but if God could go on vacation oh let's put it this way if God rested people still get healed people still get saved people still get delivered because he's always here it's what do we believe and see your thoughts your feelings your emotions and your will are all determined by what comes out of your heart but Proverbs chapter 4 this is the main verse for heart physics uh, for understanding scripture Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 verse uh, 20 Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 My son, give attention to my words. That's the and again, the words are not necessary. Don't get me wrong here, but I want to make this perfectly clear. The words it's talking about is not the ink on the paper. Those are the words of God, yes, but it's more than that. It's the wisdom and the logic contained in the words on the paper. You understand? There's nothing sacred about the ink. What is sacred is the wisdom and the logic and the holiness communicated from what the words are on the paper. The only reason the Bible is called the Holy Bible is not because the ink, it's because what's communicated through the ink. The only reason the ground was called holy where Moses stood is because the communication of God was present in the ground and through the ground. The only reason a holy prophet is holy is not because the prophet is holy, It's because the communication coming through the prophet is holy. Does everybody understand that? It says, be holy for I am holy. doesn't mean you've got to have everything right. That means communicate God through you. Let God speak through you in the life. Now, we're talking about more than just communicating. See, a prophet is speaking from the Spirit. See, coming this way is talking about relationship and new covenant. Coming this way is religion and the Old Covenant. Uh, You can take a picture of this, look at this, uh, take notes on it if you want to. Uh, But uh, in the New Covenant, it's all about relationship, seeing God as Father. It's about you being a son or a daughter. It's based on love. The opposites over here, the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant, well, that's better. The Old Covenant is religion-based. It produces religion. The new covenant produces relationship. The old covenant, you, all your life you'll see God in religion. In the new covenant, you see Him as Father. Okay? Old covenant, you feel like a servant. How many people feel like a servant? You ever heard that servant message in church? <laughs> Quit it! But, 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 just get your butts out of the way. Just, just, don't give me any excuses. The Bible says, when you're born again, you're translated into the kingdom of of our dear Father as dear children, not as servants. Give me some kind of break, okay? But religion will tell you you're servant. Why? Because they need stuff done at the church and they want to manipulate you. (laughs) I'm serious. We'll get down. Okay, let me just jump down here. See, in religion, you feel like you have to do things. In relationship, in the new covenant, you want to. Oh, there's a difference. Let me, let me show you the difference. I've told people this, I still tell people this, and people get shocked because they say, I don't need Joy, and Joy doesn't need me. I don't love her and, and, because I have to. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? There's a want to. And when you have a relationship with Father God and you're about His business, Jesus was about, Jesus wasn't a servant to God. He was the Son of God who was about His Father's business because He wanted to. That's why He was here. He didn't do what He did because He had to. He did what He did because He Wanted to, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You going to heaven is not your reward for doing good. It's Jesus' reward for him doing good. You're the trophy God promised him if he would do that. And he did it. So you're his joy. (sighs) That'd change the way you, that'd change the reason you walk in the doors. That'll change the way you see what's happening around this ministry. And you'll see something needs to be done. And you say, well, I want to help that. You know what the difference is when when in in the, I don't even like using the word volunteers because it makes you think that you can come and go as you want to. But a volunteer doesn't do come and go. A volunteer is committed. To what the house is doing? They're about the father's business. That's when giving begins to change in your life. Ah, you know, just I, 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 I can't say this. I used to say this. And it, God wants a cheerful giver, a person that gives out a purpose, has passion for their giving, knowing that oh, that seed. Look at all the Bibles that the, the children—they're You know, the church doesn't have enough Bibles for the children they made an announcement Sunday right pastor they made an announcement for Bibles for children we got them now got enough Woo, baby so now we got enough give God praise you know yeah because you know, people want to but I want to be a part of that you know what I'm saying I mean we, you know we we gave an offering here because we saw some things that n- needed to happen and I want to see them happen because we're part of the Father's business. Man, when you start seeing yourself as being part of the family business, you don't tiptoe in. And when you realize what God, I, I, get, I get, I'm i sorry, I get back into spirit, soul, and body. I'm getting all, okay. So anyway, here here's some things you need to understand about your spirit. Everywhere in the Bible, the spirit's mentioned in a tense, masculine. In Spanish, they have this. Yeah, Anybody know Spanish? You know, you have, masculine tense words and feminine tense words, and I really don't understand any of that. Other than the fact in the Bible, it says, he the spirit, the spirit he. It's all, it's, whenever it does have a tense with it, it's always a masculine tense. Whenever the soul is mentioned, uh, the soul being this right here with a tense, it's always a feminine tense. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. So, what's that tell you? In Matthew thirteen, it says, "When the sower sowed the seed, and the seed is the Word of God, and the sower is the Spirit, the the masculine, when it sows a seed into the feminine, the she, does everybody? Yeah, there's no there's no children. Yeah, there's one children in the back, but he's sleeping. Does everybody know what happens when the male plants his seed in the female, and conception takes place? Fruit comes forth." Now, the, the point of heart physics is that the place of conception is the heart. The scripture says when the word is, the implanted word of God is planted in your heart. And so it has to get in your heart, not your head. A lot of people have gone to church for many, many, many years. They've heard information and they've stored it in their head, but it's never gotten in their heart. That's why I tell people, I remember and I'm going to just bring this up just because I love reminiscing when I come to church here, but that man was sitting over there, and it's before we moved in the corner and had our church in the, and Wednesday night in the church, and I remember it was like my first or second Sunday uh, Wednesday night here, and I, I was giving everybody as the new pastor, giving them kind of like a guideline to how to help them in the next six months or a year, whatever it was. I said, don't read the Old Testament, and he's an elder of the church. <laughs> he went, Because he loves that Old Testament but he understands now he understands now. nothing wrong with the Old Testament but you need to be rooted and grounded in the New Covenant and what we need to understand in the body of Christ is the New Covenant doesn't start at the New Testament that's why I put this up here real quick ahead of time so I wouldn't have to draw it and take up a lot of time the Old Covenant starts at Mount Sinai and ends at Calvary. That means Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the teachings of Jesus, most of the teachings of Jesus are still under the old covenant. That's why Jesus was talking to the Jews who were the only people in the world under the old covenant. That's why he called the Samaritan woman a dog. Because she was not under the old covenant. That's why in the book of Ephesians it says that we Gentiles, who were afar off, aliens, aliens from the life and promises of God, through Jesus Christ, have now been brought near. Because under the old covenant it was not for us. That's why Matthew, the the last two chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are under are beginning the process of the new covenant after the resurrection all the teachings before that and and I know this hurts a lot of people now I'm a guest speaker a guest teacher this is not sanctioned everything I say is not sanctioned by this house if you got a problem with something I'm about to say because this hurts a lot of religious people but I like hurting people it makes them think my job isn't to convince you what I know is right my job is to get you to think so the Holy Spirit can teach you but Jesus taught his disciples something called the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Can we quote that? Our Father who art in heaven. how be. You, you, you realize the first time he said, that was the first time the disciples ever heard God called? Because he didn't come to introduce them to God. He came to introduce them to God there. Mm. That's why the Apostle Paul says, Grace and peace from God are everywhere. Cause he wants people to know that your father is god almighty and if your father is for you who can be against you man that makes you want to rise up doesn't it man it wants it makes you want to do something you know heal the sick raise the dead and cast out demons but a servant only well i don't have to but a son oh come on i know who my dad see the more you know who your daddy is See, that's what grace is. You know, I, I know you hear a lot about grace, but a lot of times we take for granted most that most people don't even understand what grace is. Simple, and, and I don't have time to teach on it tonight, but simple, grace is God's ability in your inability. That's grace. It's God's ability in your inability. And the Apostle Paul said it this way, his grace is sufficient for me. He, w- he wasn't saying his unmerited favor. He was saying, oh, God's ability in me is enough for me to do what he's called me to do. Matter of fact, don't frustrate the grace of God. What's that mean? Don't try to do something outside of what he's able to do for you. When you try to do something in your ability, you're not trusting his, and you're frustrating it you see what I'm saying grace is a powerful thing by grace you've been saved through what faith he gave you the ability to have the faith matter of fact uh, this one scripture we're not going to turn to but we're going to talk about at the end uh, right now it says that God granted the Gentiles the ability to repent just like he spoke to the, the Jews to repent not from yes, we've got to repent from sin, but the emphasis of Jesus' teaching was repenting from dead works. And God, see, if, 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 if I can share anything with you on how to increase and grow, how to go on to completion, once you know who you are in Christ Jesus and understanding the spiritual truth reality, read the book of Romans, read the book of Ephesians, all the things that's been done for you in Christ Jesus, you were forgiven of all your sins, you just hadn't forgiven you of any of them. You need to forgive yourself. You need to get your eyes off your sins. Did God forget your sins? Yes. Then why are you remembering them? I mean, it's that simple. One, because you're still in a religious mindset. The old covenant makes you think of your sins. You got to pay the price. for No, he paid the price for Get over them. God did. But I still do them. And you still will as long as you like them. (laughs) But Jesus didn't come to get people to stop sinning. That was going to be a fruit of what would happen when Jesus came to heal the broken. Because there's your problem, it's your heart. We talked about it last week. It, it, the scripture says in, in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 3, or is it, uh, do I got it on the board? Yeah, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, put that on the board real quick. That's good, I'm glad you put that up. God, grace is God's ability. So, so as they're looking up this other verse, so what's that mean? What does responsible mean? The word responsible broken down is that you're, responding to what he is able. God is able. So you respond to what he's able, you're fulfilling grace. For you to be a responsible Christian, you're simply responding to what God is able. You're responding to his grace. You're stepping, see, I like to put it this way, you're walking in faith and stepping in grace. Whenever you hear about grace, it's about standing. Book of Ephesians, when all you've done all you can do, stand. What's that telling you? When you've done all you can do, get in grace. When you've done all you can do, you've dropped the 10 kids, and they still, when when you've come against all, you have done all the things you could do in the flesh, quit it. Now stand in grace. Well, I'm not done with it. i I'll, I'll say it several more times that you stand in grace and you walk in faith. Grace is your position of strength and confidence. Faith is the responding to your confidence and position and you move ahead in life. You go from grace to faith to grace. Anytime you move in faith without standing in grace, you wear out and it falls apart. Any time you stand in grace and don't move in faith, you don't get nothing done for the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people teaching grace and now they're not doing nothing. A lot of people teaching faith, and they're falling apart. It's all in their ability. Yeah. Yeah. But when your faith is backed and supported by His ability, <laughs> see, nice. see, 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 the Lord's prayer goes this way: "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's the next line? Our daily, wait a minute, didn't we just read, it says the promises of God are yes and amen? Book of Ephesians says everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been <coughs> given. So why are we still asking for promise, uh, for, give, us, uh, give us our daily bread? Where did they get daily bread? In, say in the Old Testament, under the old covenant, in the wilderness where God sent them to die. Where did God want them to go? To the wilderness, so He could provide. No, God wanted them to go to where? The Promised Land, where there's land that truly flowed with milk and honey. Yeah. There was still work to do. I mean, it wasn't easy. They still had to shout and the walls come down. Yeah. They still had to kick some giant butt. Can I say that on Wednesday night? They had to kick out some giants. Yeah. They still had work to do, but it was all according to His ability. They just had to step in faith. See, the first time they got, they didn't have the faith to go in. They didn't recognize the grace. The law showed them what was wrong with them instead of right, what was right with them. Man, if you don't, this is such a beautiful picture and easy to, once you see it, it's easy to understand. The issue, and, and, and what's it, since we're talking about that, what's it say? What's it say in, I think it's the book of Hebrews, that they had an evil heart of the children of Israel when they didn't go into the promised land and God caused them to go into the wilderness to die and he provided for them until they died. I like to say it that way. You gotta get emphasis on that dying. Oh, God's a good God. Yes, he is, but you gotta have faith, you know? So, you gotta gotta stop and think about that. You know, the the scripture says they had an evil heart, uh, evil what? Of unbelief they had information they had all the information they had before they went into the before they were, went there uh, the, they they put the blood on the doorpost they had faith in God they went through the desert followed the cloud by day fire by night type and shout of the Holy Spirit door and doorpost the blood on the doorpost that salvation filled with the Spirit baptism of the Red Sea had faith in God something calls them not to have faith in God the only thing that happened in history was they got the Ten Commandments and the Ten Commandments got them focused on what was wrong with them, instead of what was right with him. And the next thing that happened, they didn't have faith to go in. They had an evil heart. He say evil, evil, ooh. See, if you're a children's church, I'd be saying, say, hey, the kids be getting that word evil heart. Right. Children's church is more fun than adult church if you don't know that by now. <laughs> you can get them involved, get them excited, you know churches like this you got people like who can I pick on amen. no no she she says amen I just pick on Dylan, he's far enough away he ain't, no Dylan left I was gonna pick on Larry but he's gonna take me out to eat after this is over so I gotta be nice to him <laughs> you know but, but, but what, 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 what is evil don't see Marilyn Manson that's just the product of evil You know what evil is? A heart that hadn't doesn't have God in it. That's all unbelief is. Unbelief is not believing in what God said. Uh oh. Uh oh. Did we just touch something there? How many people don't believe? You hear what the word says about you but you don't believe it. That's why I wanna tell you this. One of the best things you can do in your life is ask the great teacher, the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus told the disciples, and you need to realize you're in good company because the disciples didn't believe. They didn't believe either. Jesus had to prove who he was, that he was alive. They were in the upper room scared. They didn't believe Jesus was resurrected from the grave. They didn't believe. So you're in good company if that's where you're at. Because Jesus told the disciples this. He says, Listen, I got more for you to know, but you can't handle it. But the teacher, the great teacher, he's the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth is going to teach you all truth. So that means there's more for us to know than just what's in red. So back to the Lord's Prayer, let me say it that way. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those. Does that sound conditional forgiveness? Does that sound like you're asking God, oh, Lord, to forgive you. How many people have prayed that prayer? Do you really mean it? Do you really mean with your heart that you only want God to forgive you only if you can forgive all those again? Think that- think oh, you <laughs> say that louder. Think about it. Or do you want God to forgive you at Calvary through Jesus Christ? Amen. See, the Lord's Prayer is a Old Covenant prayer spoken to the disciples while still under the Old Covenant. You know, people that, say there's no conflict in Scripture, and there's not once you understand Scripture, but, you know, I, I, I do this to them all the time. They say, well, Jesus taught His disciples how to pray twice. The first time He told them the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of His ministry. And He, 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 he told them right before He was going to Calvary, He said, come here, guys, the same 12, come here. There's going to be a day that's coming that I'm not with you. And in that day... Ask the Father in my name, and it'll be done. Dang it. It shakes up that religious spirit when I do that. Well, which one are you going to work with? Which one are you going to believe? Do you really want God to only forgive you as you forgive those that trespass against you? Ooh, some of us have trouble forgiving people that we've known for 20 years. We still can't forgive them. That's why we got cancers and ulcers and dying of heart attacks. We know we're supposed to forgive them, but we can't. Or you can, you just don't want to because you like it. Until you change the way you think about that person, you'll never be able to forgive them. But when you see that person the way God sees that person, you'll be able to forgive them. Or else you're a hypocrite. Yeah. See, I'm throwing a whole bunch at you, all in one little lump sum here. Okay. We talked about uh, turn to First Peter one twenty two. First Peter one twenty two. Put that on the board real quick. Oh, I didn't read the rest. I didn't read the. Rest. Oh, go back. Oh, go back. Go back. Go back. Sorry, I missed this verse last time too. I'm not gonna miss it this time. Do not let your adornment be merely the outward arranging of the hair, wearing gold, or putting fine apparel. Don't let it just... See, that's what religion does. Got it? Hair, having it long. I'm looking back at somebody saying that. She knows I'm looking at her. Don't, Don't let your righteousness... Don't worry about your righteousness based on this. Okay? What's it say? But rather next verse but rather let it be the hidden person in the heart that's the real you each and every person in here you know and, and nobody else knows this person either but you know who they are because you've hid them you've hid yourself the real you all your life matter of fact some of us in here may not know who we really are even to ourselves because we've lived somebody else's life all our life. We've dressed the way other, we've lived the way other, we were raised outside of who we were. We gone to churches that put us into boxes that, that kept you squashed. You've never been allowed to be free and be who God called you to be full of righteousness and glory these are spiritual truth realities you are you in the realm of the spirit are perfect you're complete in Christ Jesus um I'm not going to get into oh my goodness it's almost time's up holy cow watch scripture we were going to first Peter, uh first peter chapter one verse 22 Look at this scripture. I love this. We'll talk about more about, and again, what we're talking about is the journey, the race that is set before us, okay? It is the, see, see, see salvation is a moment. It happens instantly. But it's, and I, I don't even like using the word salvation because that's a misunderstanding of so what salvation is. You being born again is instant. But, salvation is a lifelong experience it's ongoing revelations and experiences and and being able to adjust and and realize that the gospel isn't about making bad people good it's about bringing life to dead people and now that you were one of those dead people now that you're alive now we just need to learn how to live and the way we learn how to live is understanding that God's already made us perfect and now our flesh needs to come in line. How do we get our flesh in line? That's heart physics. Watch this. Since you have purified your souls, does it say your spirit? No, cause God purified your spirit. So it's our job now to work on our soul and our body. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren love one another fervently with a pure heart. See this is a group of people that understood their spiritual truth realities. Why did they uh, They understood their spiritual truth realities and they they worked on what they knew to purify their souls and how did they do that? By obeying the truth. And this word obey literally means to, it's different than the one in Romans 10:16, talking about they have not obeyed, you know, they haven't all heard, you know, it's, Pastor John teaches on that so greatly that the word isn't obeyed, it's the word they hadn't heard the word yet. To obey it, it starts with the hearing. This word literally means that they have come in line, they've submitted to, and they submit, by submitting to what they knew to be truth, their soul, their thoughts, their feelings, and their emotions came in line with truth. How'd you like to have your emotions based on truth? How'd you li- like, like to deal with things in the world, no matter what you hear on TV, not being moved by the outside? How, how, how'd you like this not to affect you anymore, but the Word affect you? See, the Word is speaking to your heart, but if you've got a broken heart, that that word is skewed. It's it's not coming through clearly. If you have a broken heart, if you've had a if you've had relationships with women or men, and uh, uh, and you've been hurt all along the way, and now you're saying, "Well, I'm not going to do that anymore." You got a broken heart, and and, and God's not about reducing relationships. Christianity is about increasing relationships. You know, I, I I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, what's it take to get a marriage license so this is how you need to think so watch what happened what's it take to get a marriage license you go down to the courthouse 50 bucks. 50 bucks and how long does it take two days three days you, you fill out a little piece of paper ask, answer some questions give them 50 bucks two days you get your license Anybody ever get a driver's license is there a class you got to go to What's the class on? It's on how to drive. It's on a book. It's on regulations. It's on information. Is that it? No, now you got to do what? You got to take a driving test. So there's two tests. So now you got to prove you can drive. And how long does that take? The written and the drive. And if you fail it, can you take it again? But you got to take another test before you get your license. Got a question, I'm, I'm doing this really quick. This is a whole big thing, I like to teach like this. Got a question, how many people ever had a wreck? Raise up your hand. You stopped driving? Did you fix your car, go get another car? Which one? Yeah. If it was a bad wreck, you wouldn't got another car. Minor wreck, you fixed it. Why did you go get another car or fix the car you had and keep driving? Cause you know how to drive. So in other words, the state of Oklahoma is more concerned about you driving than you being married. (laughs) It costs you less money, or cost you, excuse me, more money, more time, more study, more practice to get a driver's license than it does get a marriage license. That's why there's so many divorces. And that's why things don't work in people's lives because they don't study to show themselves approved a worker rightly dividing the word of truth dang it that's good preaching I like that I see if I, if I don't pat myself on the back hey nobody else in here will. I learned that a long time ago I got to give myself kudos for that okay but see see but the, the world wants you to know how to drive why they don't care about your relationship because that's how you make money and pay your taxes. But they don't care if you're married or if you stay married. And some pe- pe- people get married and they have a wreck. If it's a big wreck, they don't want to get married no more. You know why? Because they don't know how to get, be married. Why don't we learn how to be married? That's good. We think it just comes naturally. How many people, raise your hand, if, if, you're, if being married came natural after, I, st- I was going to get him in here and put him through. I know you've known a lot of people. You knew each other a long time before. You, I'm, I'm the- Listen. <laughs> I was even going to say how many people's natural. See, the honeymoon, let's get to the point. Honeymoons aren't even natural anymore. Anyway, we'll get off that. Let's get back into this. I'm meddling now. All right. It, it says this. Uh, put on, put on Romans. Uh, we, we, oh, excuse me. First Peter one twenty two. Put First Peter one nine. Real quickly. Did to to 23? Did, didn't I read twenty three? Nope. I didn't read twenty no. three. Oh my goodness! Go back to First Peter one twenty three. Y'all getting me off track. See. <laughs> Make, you're making me follow my notes. Yeah. Well, that's what she does. I'm serious. We do <laughs> having been born again, not of corruptible seed. But incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Understand? You've been born again. You were born first after Adam. Now you're born after the second Adam. You know, oh, I don't have so much time to meddle. Oh boy. I don't need to meddle. F- put put first uh, first Peter one nine on the board. Now, I just flip a page, but you gotta press it in the keyboard. But this is still faster. First Peter 1 9. That, no, it's First Peter 1-9. That knows 1 Peter 5-1. That's close though. 1 Peter 1 9. Receiving the end of your faith. Say end. Yeah. Not the beginning. How many think your soul was saved at salvation? Don't raise your hand. You're going to. Your soul didn't get saved at salvation. Your spirit man was changed. Your nature was changed. You were a sinner, now you're a saint. You're a child of God. You're a king's kid. First Peter 1, says, you, the seed of God is inside of you, the incorruptible seed. That's the DNA, the divine nature of the almighty, not the Nairobi nucleic acid. Well. <laughs> I'm getting better. That's what DNA stands for. Don't have me do it again. But DNA stands for divine nature of the Almighty. When you're born again, you're a king's kid now. You're born again after the second Adam. I might have to meddle. Dang it. Receiving the end of your faith. Say end. Say your life on earth is about bringing salvation to your soul, to your thoughts, feelings, emotions, which makes up your will. The longer you live as a believer, the more stable emotionally you should be. The more your emotions should respond to the word. The more when you hear someone that gets healed, you should jump and shout for glory for their benefit instead of going, well, why doesn't that happen to me? (laughs) See, that means the person's thoughts aren't saved yet. The word's not moving that person. But the word, see, the blood, saves your spirit your faith and belief in the blood saves your spirit the Bible says the word the implanted word in your heart saves your soul and death will glorify the you were saved you're being saved you yet to experience salvation we got to jump ahead real quick Uh, Romans 412 put Romans 412 on the board excuse me Hebrews you see how I did that Romans no no but Hebrews. Hebrews 4.12. Man, I wish it. Thank you for giving me more time tonight, too, by the way, Pastor. I appreciate it. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two, any two-edged sword. Now, how many people know we're supposed to use the word of God as a sword and it's fight the devil? Listen, before you do any fighting of the devil, take that sword and point it back towards your heart. And stick it in. How do you think your heart gets circumcised? See, in the old covenant, was there circumcision of the heart? Uh, no, it was circumcision of the flesh. But there was circumcision. And in a new covenant, is there circumcision? Absolutely, circumcision of the heart. How do you think that takes place? See, we don't want to go there. I guarantee you, most people never heard about the circ- They've heard the term phrase circumcision of the heart, but they've never gone through the process because there's still flesh wrapped up around the heart. The scripture actually says in the book of Acts, circumcision of the heart and the ear. First Peter three. Uh, we read that one. Don't do that one. We already did it. Uh, Romans chapter twelve verse one. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech ye therefore. Anybody ever heard this scripture before? Watch this. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies. What's the motivation? Does it say by the fear of God? Can't you hear the preachers going? Oh, do this because almighty God, lightning bolts from heaven, strike you down, death, you know, fear. And I, I'll say this again. I say it all the time. Perfect love cast out. So the people preaching fear have never experienced the perfect love of God. That hurts, doesn't it? Because you only, you know, God made everything to reproduce after its own. So if you have a hurt pastor with a broken heart, he's only gonna reproduce after his own kind. If you got a pastor or someone in leadership that has a problem with something, he's gonna only reproduce after his own kind. If you're a father and your father had a problem he reproduced after his own and you find yourself being a father just like he was unless you change something I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies the motivator here is God's mercy by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service next verse and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God now being dyslexic it helped me understand this verse because if you understand if you understand what this is saying, it's better to understood backwards. Usually Greek is written backwards. I don't know how to explain that out loud, but let me put it this way. Put verse, uh, let's leave it right here. And see if, do not be conformed to this world. How, how are you not conformed to this world? By being transformed, see it's the transforming and the renewing of your mind that gives you the ability not to be, to present. It gives you the ability to present your bodies You're not gonna be able to present your bodies until you're transformed on the inside. Because you're gonna keep crawling off the altar as that living sacrifice. You understand that? As long as you like it, you're not gonna leave it. Even though they tell you that in church. So you can't present your bodies until you renew your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. When you change your thoughts, your feelings will change. When your feelings change, your emotions will change when your emotions change your actions change you don't do nothing that you haven't already thought about so if we can start thinking godly thoughts we're gonna start having godly answers the only reason you thought about the only reason you went to jail for hitting somebody because you thought about it before you did it quit it and as long as you until you change the way you think You're never gonna be able to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And what is the result of that? Proving to the world what is the good, acceptable. And our life, now where's the spirit at in all this? There's the body and the mind, or the soul. Spirit's not mentioned, is it? Because God took care of that part. That's why it's not up there. That's why you only see soul and body in that passage of scripture. Because the spirit, it's already perfect. It's already proven. It's already complete. It's Jesus inside of you now. It's the DNA of God inside your spirit. Now you need to renew your mind to that, be transformed on the inside so you can just live in that way on the outside. And when that happens, you're going to prove to the world what is the good and acceptable will of God for them in their life. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to to open up your word in, in this great house. I thank you for these hearts that receive your wisdom and your logic. May they learn to apply it, live it, breathe it. I thank you that they're more than conquerors because what's been done for them. Father, I thank you that they can be Christ conscious instead of sin conscious. I thank you that when they leave this place, they'll feel uplifted, edified, and exhorted so they could take on the world with your grace. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. Amen. Done.